Dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. Don't miss our live show on Thursdays, but for now, you've got us on sloppy seconds with our podcast with the Grimdark Gang. It's time once again for Grimdark Live. Hey, welcome to Grimdark Live, your weekly webcast for all things Dice Dragons, Demons, and a Dwarf from the Warhammer World. I'm your host, Patrick, and I got Justin with me tonight. What do you hear? What do you say, bud? Not much. Been a busy week, but hey, let's get this show rolling. You are not kidding, man. It has been a busy week, and I think I think we got a lot of good stuff to talk about tonight. I mean, we're, we're going to be really touching on some uh, some pretty healthy topics. Of course, remember, guys, it's, it's October, so we got some good stuff coming up there, but... You know what's funny is um, we're, we're back, and hopefully, hopefully, folks, you got to let us know we are uh, we are microphone defective free. And uh, thanks to all you awesome listeners for for hanging out here with us last week uh, as we kind of mumbled through all of our uh, our terrible microphone problems. It was weird because we could hear ourselves clear, and things were coming through fine here on our end with our little control systems here and everything. But apparently, and I, I listened to the, the the playback, and when we we edited everything for the um, the podcast. Uh, it was uh, it was pretty lousy. So you guys are troopers, and and we got we got the best listeners, don't we, Justin? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, last week's last, last week's mic snafu was just kind of bizarre, but hey, we got through it. We're gonna get through this one, and we'll keep going. Yeah, you know that, that that's all you can do. I mean, you know, we're uh, we're, we're we're not professionals, guys. We're, you know, we're just uh, we're just a couple <laughs> of schnooks that really like to push plastic dollies around the table and talk about it. That's really that's really all Justin and I are. Well, he sniffs a lot of glue. You know, just to, just to kind of let you know, he he's he's a yeah. he he really is. Um, but folks, if you haven't noticed, uh, Chuck is off this evening. Uh, he's actually uh, working hard, and and he's actually teaching some dance classes uh, this evening at a local women's penitentiary. Uh, Justin, did you know that this is what he was doing? Do you know that he did he this? May, he mentioned something about either women's penitentiary penitentiary or somewhere, but I don't know quite what he's up to. Yeah, well, he pretty he's, guys. I, I don't think anybody really realizes the the depth of the talent that, uh, that that Chuck has. I mean, he's actually working on the prison's holiday special that's called "Dance or Die: The Nuts Cracker." <laughs> I thought, you know, I, it's. I, I was told it's a kids show. So, um, are you sure? Yeah, I mean, I also heard the show is going to be a real ball buster. Well, that might be true. So, no, honestly, you know what, uh, Chuck? I got to be honest with you, bud. Uh, I think I think Chuck's going to be getting with us here a little bit later, possibly. But you know, he's he's back adulting. He's the only real serious adult out of all of us, if you want to know the truth. I mean, uh, Justin sure as heck isn't, and I I try to be at times. No. I can fake no. it till I make it. No, I'm not an adult at all. <laughs> right. But you know, folks, uh, we 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 all know that we're coming off a heck of a reveal uh, by the GW team this past Saturday, and uh, there is zero doubt that everyone has seen all the Warhammer TV previews and uh, read all of the articles online. So, so all of us goons here, at Grimdark Live tonight, we're just going to leave the bulk of the reveal to the already seen category. Do you think that's fair enough, Justin? Can can we do that? I, I do. I think there's just too much information there for us to cover in one show. Right. And. It's better for people just to go out and view it themselves, make their own formulated opinions about it. And yeah, it. and and we're not going to leave you guys in the lurch, though. You know, I, Justin and I would never do that to to the grimdark faithful. We're not going to do that. We are going to touch on what we feel are the the highlights and uh, and and you ready for this, everyone? A prediction. 
Yes. Oh. Yeah. Old Uncle Grimdark here has a uh, has a prediction that uh, I think is uh, I, th- I think everyone's going to want to kind of kind of fancy on just just because. Remember last week we talked about bug people. See, this is what Grimdark Lab I, does. I, I may I may have a counterpoint to that prediction, but we'll see. Well, I just want to say this. Last week we talked about bug people. But possibly, mm-hmm. you know, our prediction was going to be a destruction faction and bug people coming into it. So, you know, this is what Grimdark Live does, folks. We give you these predictions. We're like uh, we're like glue sniffing tabletop soothsayers. Is that a good description, Justin? You think we do we nail it? Yeah, except for the ones that are as high as a kite. But hey, you know that's that's a different story. Oh, that glue, man! It gets you early, doesn't it? Oh, it does. It's like a gateway drug. Next thing you know, you're buying <laughs> plastic models by the truckload. <laughs> truckload. You're buying them by the truckload? <laughs> I'm I'm a small time guy. What can I say? I was gonna say I'm I'm buying them by the boatload. Where's mm-hmm. your Where's your boat, man? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you know, folks, uh, get ready on tonight's show. Uh, we have um, in in the tradition of October and Orktober, we're gonna be talking about flesh eater courts, some crypt horrors, and some great and and probably in my opinion, the greatest orc character to ever grace the tabletops, and that's Azog the Slaughterer. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that damn Wavern, man. I really miss those 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 models. I really do. And as always, we got the question yeah. of the day and the closing thoughts towards the end of the show. But you were going to say something about Azog the Slaughterer, man. I mean, tell me, talk to me, man. That's what I think the orcs are missing. Don't get me wrong. I like Grimgor Ironhide. Or uh, not Grimgor. Um, Maukrusha. Uh, in, Name you know, character. It's, it's Gordrak. Gordrak. It's not, Thank you. It's not that it's the orcs missing a general hero. I think all I the, the heroes are, are missing a legendary they need some kind of big name legendary hero that hasn't been killed off or something of that matter brought into their into their books. Yeah, you know? yeah, they do. But they do. The orcs, the orcs had some of the best. They they really did. They they, they really did. And I I I I don't understand. But you know what? That, that's that's for later on, man. Here on Orktober, mm-hmm. here on Grimdark Live. But as we mentioned, we got the question of the day. So so don't answer it now, folks. Do not answer it now. Uh, but uh, or, or or Justin's gonna have, gonna have to show you his orc impersonation, and you don't want to see that. You don't want to see that. I'm telling you right now, you don't want to see that. But don't answer it right now. Here's the question of the day. Then we're gonna re-ask this here later in the show. But here it is now. You ready, Justin? You ready? Go for it. All right. Here's the question of the day. With the release of the new Marathi book and the Iron Scale model, will Daughters of Cain see a new resurgence, and will it make them even more deadlier than they've ever been before? So that's the, uh, now, now hold on to your, to your answers. The question of the day is going to be coming up uh, here later on in the, uh, in the show. So, so hang with us. We're going to be, we're going to be getting to that uh, ASAP. Justin, what do you think, man? Anything else to, to present to these, these folks? Or do you think uh, we're, we're ready to roll on with I the think, show? I think we're ready to roll with the show. Let's get this, let's get the dirt flinging and get people going. All right, man. We, we are going to be, uh, we're going to be back with our, with the, with the news. Stand by. Hey, you Grimdark goons, thank you all so much for listening to our Grimdark Live podcast. If you're new to the Grimdark Live experience or new to our podcast and like what you hear, please follow this podcast and pass us along to your friends. Let us know what you think about Grimdark Live in the show's comment sections, and let us know just how we're doing. Also, don't forget to catch us live on Thursdays. And if that isn't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. That's grimdarklive.com. Anyway... Thanks for listening, following, and just being awesome. All right, we are back, and we are ready to do the news. We're going to jump into this, man. So the first thing, obviously, that we have is is the rumor engine. Have, have you seen this one yet, Justin? I have. 
Yeah, so this and one... It, it really caught my eye, because I think it ties back into one, the one from two weeks ago. Yeah, well, it, yeah, we're going we're gonna to touch on that. But, I mean, the, the rumor engine this week, this one looks like sales, obviously. We've been talking about vampiric pirates and vampire pirates, and, you know, possibly it looks like we're actually going to be moving towards either a competitor for the Karajan Overlords or maybe some type of a boat game. Now... Do you think, before we go to the obvious, which which potentially could be the Vampire Pirates there, Justin, do you think this could be like Goblin Sky Pirates that was originally talked about before the uh, the vamps? Um, possibly, but I don't believe that's a sale. Oh, all right. Are you one of the few out there that think it's a wing? It is a wing. Aha. Yeah. And okay. it ties in. It ties into the rumor engine we had two weeks ago of the tail that was locked into the rocks because the you think, chains you think are it's identical. Bellacor? I think it's Bellacor. You see, I've been seeing that every once in a while on the boards, and and I'm not so sure. I mean, I, I look at the thing at the first glance, I see the chain, I see what looks like the 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 rings that are through it that maybe are piercings, which mm-hmm. could lead you to think it's Bellacor. But in what part of the story arc is Bellacor chained to a rock? He's an un, he's a he was a bound a demon that didn't want to declare any form of allegiance to any of the gods, so right. they bound him, and he was able to break free and then form his own legions. Yeah, so, yeah, that was that was pretty much in, in the, the the wrath of the ever chosen. But what, right. I'm, what I'm saying is, uh, you but, but I guess do you think they're gonna they're gonna alter the story arc and somehow have him like slash chained up somewhere? So you really, th- you really think possibly. you're one of the few out there that think it's Bellacor's wing? I, it's either Bellacor's wings or it's some form of dragon. Interesting. Because okay. the the bone structure on that leads me to think that those are bone wings or leathery wings in some way because they are tattered, they are ripped. The top part of the bar where that chain is hooked to looks more like a bone than it does anything else. Interesting. So I'm almost wondering if maybe those are some form of flying unit, maybe they could be a flying unit for a vampire mm-hmm. or even a vampire in some way, a vampire in general. All right. All right. I kind of like maybe, the idea. Maybe, maybe a large creature for the vampire, maybe some form of dragon mm-hmm. or something he rides on. Maybe some kind of a super Strigoi type of a vampire uh, monster or something. Possibly because the part of the vampire, the legendary of the lore of the vampire with their boats and the, the vampire coast boats, Whereas they were pulled or could be chained to large scale bats or or reptilian creatures that could help to pull their boats into battle. So I'm okay. I'm wondering right. if that's basically where they're going and this is part of our vampire sighting. Right. Well, uh, Justin, I just want to let you know, high class white trash has jumped down here, man, and now it's two to one against you, man. It it, it has to be sales, he says, and and the uh, the, the straight parts don't look like organic enough, you know. I, and I got to tell you, I agree with them. That's the only thing that led me to believe when I was reading about the people saying it was Bellacor. And I respect your your point, Justin, because you're mm-hmm. usually pretty good with these things, so you might surprise us all. But that's the first thing I noticed, just like high class white trash, that that the um the the I'm going to call the sails. You say wings. I'm going to say sails. They were just you know. They were they were just a little too straight, you know, to be uh, to, for well, me to be a wing. I would think. If you go back to some of the old models, though, old old femur models or skeletal models that had the large femur on them had that long straight bone. Right. And you can actually look at it on the zo- the current zombie dragon that's out for 
for the Flesh Eaters Court, they have long, straight bones with stretched, leathery wings. You know, and, and I, let me let me let me counterpoint this because I think GW is very clever. Don't get me wrong. Look at their pricing structure and look at how many people mm-hmm. play their game. You know, you don't have prices like that with all the people playing those games. I mean, they're they're clever people nope. over there. But what I'm going to say to this and say to that, what you just said is, I think because of the proximity of the deliverables in the rumor engines, I think it makes it uh, very very uh coincidental that we would see the chain you know nailed to the rock and the tail and all that kind of stuff and then this i think and let me just round back around you know because my adhd just flared up and i just went in a a left turn at albuquerque here but let me say this you know originally and i want to clear this one out before we keep going on this one originally because i i think it's some type of vampire sale i think it's a ship sale of some kind that's what i think it might be and it might be but let me let me go back because before we started talking about vampire pirates that's such a weird thing to say, vampire pirates. I don't know why. But before we started talking about that as far as the game, we were talking about some type of goblin or goblinoid pirate ship, and, and we always thought it would be great to have, you know, the stunties fighting in the air, the Karajan overlords fighting right. these, these goblins or something like that, which I personally kind of like a little bit better than vampire pirates personally, my, my personal taste. But let's just, let's just, let's just kind of tease the thought process here. I would love this to be an update for some kind of a Doom Diver <laughs> or a faction of, of a Wolf Rider faction, but I, I know it's not happening. But that's just my kind of thing of, of saying, you know, you can kind of see where this thing is. But I'm still going to say Undead Pirates, Undead Vampire well, Pirates. I think we're still on track for that. Yeah. And, and if it is an update to the Gits in some way or form, it kind of, your, your train of thought actually makes sense since the General Handbook 2020 came out with the aerial combat rules. <laughs> Hey, so see? it would right. it would make sense in that regard that we get another form of all flying army or something of that manner, but the gits are more mechanical. They would I don't think they'd make their stuff out of hide. It'd probably be cobbled together with you know some kind of trashy gears or sh- or stuff they stole, because that's normally what they were known for. Well, even their doom diver was a hobbled together piece of wood with like yeah, but it had it, but it had leather with holes in it. This this right. this picture it's here very, looks like it has leather with true. holes in it. But they didn't really run chains and skulls, so that's where I'm getting away well, from the, that side of it. That's why I said I wanted to take a step backwards and look at what was originally being talked about long right. before vampire pirates, and just try to excuse that because I personally think it's vampire pirates. I think that tail that remember when we were talking about, we thought maybe it was more tyrannid or something like that. Uh, the whole chain to the rock thing with the tail. I, I think that's possibly something separate. I think what GW is doing is throwing us a curveball by keeping them so close together in the deliverable proximity, personally. Yeah, that's true. They do that, though. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, but but how about this for a prediction? You ready for this one, Justin? How about this for yep. a prediction? Go for it. Prediction is Angron. I also think that tail thing with the chains is Angron. Now, let me, let me explain, you know, before anybody's like, what are these weirdos and Grimdark Live talking about? Angron, to me, makes a lot of sense. And and why I'm saying that is, if, if those wings, considering how crude those piercings are, and the fact that, I'm saying, if it is a demon, right? Forget about Bellacor. I'm not going to say it's right. Bellacor. But let's take Angron. Considering how crude those, those piercings are, and the fact that the Bloodthirsters have something similar already... Mm-hmm. You followed me. They're yeah. a perfect fit for a demon of corn. That's true. I mean, skulls and chains are a big push on that side. Yeah. And I think it would fit in at least as a sidebar topic to the storyline of, you know, the God seekers, 
you know, all of the Slanesh units looking for Slanesh. Slanesh is chained up. Everyone's automatically thinking it's going to be something chaos anyways because they're appropriating Slanesh, wings, chain, goofy tail. And all of a sudden, who, who do we know that is Slanesh's chaos mortal enemy? Corn. Right. So maybe they're trying to fit in some type of a, of a story piece there. Well, that, possibly because you got the Warcry release of the of the fire guys, the what the fire scions, right? Yep. And you've got you've got the um, the Slanesh release in Beastgrave, mm-hmm. so maybe there is a tie in there because I, they are they are technically mortal enemies with each other. Yeah, and when when I started seeing everyone talking about Bellacor this, Bellacor that, and look, I re- I respect that. I I respect. Um, uh, your your thought and everyone else's. I think it's Bellacor. Look, you guys know as, as well as we do here, and, and even on the same show, Justin and I have two different guesses. Uh, right. I just decided to take it and left turn at Albuquerque with Angron because if it's going to be a demon, if I can meet the guess in the middle, I would say it's going to be a corn demon because the aesthetics kind of fit fit to me at least in a yeah, in, in a goofy the, little the, picture like that. The only the only reason I'm going I'm kind of on that bandwagon with the whole Bellacor side is that he's one of the oldest metal demons or like greater demon type or so I can't really call him demon, greater demon, but demon prince, but his original sculpt is still technically metal, possibly fine cast. I don't remember if they bumped him or not, but yeah. that sculpt is what? 20 plus years old. No, it's not I that mean, old, but it feels that way. Bell- yeah. Well, no, it, that, feel, it feels that way because, yeah, you know, no, that Bellacore model came out about seventh edition warm fantasy battles towards the, cause end. I have, I have the old metal ones floating oh, around. Oh, no, no. In you know what? Yeah. Someplace, I, but, the old metal one might, might be a little older than that, but I seem to recall Bellacore being new around seventh edition. Uh, and he was else, one of the, anyone right, else but he was also, on that? We don't know. But he was also one of the more popular great uh, demon princes just simply because he could cover everything. He covered the ability to fight. Mm-hmm. He had the ability to cast spells and defend himself. And he was sneaky, deceitful, the whole nine yards. And if they did revamp him, he has multiple venues he could fit into because he could easily fit into Warcry without even batting an eye. Right. Right. You know, they could they could bring him in as a deceiver going against Archeon because Bellacor always hated Archeon. Right. So right. I, I mean that right there, he could be a counterpoint to the eight yeah. peaks. Bellacor is is jealous of Archeon because Bell Bellacor right. always believes that he should be the chosen one, you know, Correct. and not and not and not Archeon. But yeah, that's kind of an interesting point. So I guess, you know, inquiring minds want to know, but let's uh Let's keep rolling it's, on with the news. It's another one of those ones we have to wait and see because we get these tiny little snippets of a picture, mm-hmm. and then it turns out to be this giant dragon that pops out of nowhere. Yeah. Or, you know, the Tekelis model, which we saw the staff on. Yeah, and the Tekelis sudden, model, we, right. You know, we saw, then we get this giant dude light riding on, on the back of a of a sphinx, and you're right. like, where the hell did that come from? With the wing going oh, up his butt. That's with still the wing, yeah, exactly. But you, you didn't see any of that because you got a small little snippet of the picture. Right. Right, exactly. Yep. So, all right. Well, good stuff. Let's keep moving on. I know that we we said that we weren't going to really be really be touching on too much of the Saturday reveals, just because that's been absolutely saturated on online and all the boards, and yeah, you know, like everywhere. I said, every every glue sniffing gamer goon with a microphone's been yammering on about it ever since it, it it happened on Saturday, even during Saturday. Great coverages, by the way. Some of them were a little oh, goofy, yeah. but what I'm saying is, we're going to touch on what we feel are kind of the high points. And here's the first high point that I want to touch on, and that's the Shadow Walkers. I think that. Um, this one here, truthfully, I want to touch on and, and, and really kind of stretch it out here a little bit because when we talk about the Canaanite Shadow Walkers, as far as their Age of Sigmar War Scroll, that's one thing that I picked up on. 
you know, mm-hmm. let's talk about this here for a second. The War Scroll is incredible. One of the best War yep. Scrolls I've seen for a particular unit. And I've got a little bit of cr- criticism here that we're going to talk about. But, but you know, hey, what would gaming be without bitching, right? Well, but here that's very is. true. The, I like the Mortal Wounds on a 6 with the, the ranged attack. It's a short range attack, however. But I really like the at-will teleportation. That is like, uh, are you kidding? Couple that with the minus one to hit uh, in melee. I mean, uh, you, you've seen this unit too, Justin. What are your thoughts? It's nasty for what it is. I mean, you're going to have a unit that's probably going to cost about 200 points in game if you push it to the AOS probably, side. Probably, yeah, probably. About 200 points, but it has range attacks. Mm-hmm. It has the ability to sneak in, stab you in the back, do mortal wounds, and aggress out of combat, and t- even with the minuses to hit it, and then come back and do it again. Yeah. I mean, this thing is like the Shadow, the shadow Warriors that are currently out there times 10 to the 10th power of just they're going to kick you in the teeth. You know, they're, these are pretty nasty little buggers for what they are, especially yeah. with the way they wrote the, they wrote their war scroll. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, honestly, it's one of these things that, that I look at this unit and it only keeps getting better. Now, it, obviously it's not going to be perfect. There is no perfect unit, but I think that um, the drawback, the first drawback I noticed with this unit is the short range on the shooting attack, but Hey, it's got a shooting attack. The other thing right. I, I saw that was pretty cool was the unit is led by a, sh- a shroud queen with some some pretty good stats if you, if you really mm-hmm. look at them. And I, I think this could be a good addition to a Daughters of Cain army, even if you were to kind of stretch it out a little bit and use it as an allied unit for, say, Idnit Deepkin or something like that. So I think this is going to be a multi-piece unit that I think you're going to see in in a lot of armies on, a, on the table quite right. a bit. Well, I mean, the, the only drawback to any of these these Warcry units that are coming over right. is the size, you know, or even even the 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 beast grape. It's the amount of models that are in the group to start. Right. So this group, this is what five models. It's five models. So yeah. So five models for two hundred points. I mean, that that is a fairly hefty chunk of, of points for for five models. Granted, they have amazing abilities, but it's one of those one of those kind of free range items that you, like you said, you can dump into the item, you can dump into Lumineth, you can dump in any because it's yeah. got the keyword A-Elf on it. So with that said, with that be going, it's like, okay, here you go. Here's a 200 point distraction it while the rain, the main body comes and attacks you. Mm-hmm. And this is still going to be able to hold you up while the main body does its work. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and you know, and I, I think they're good. I, so do I, Justin, honestly, buddy, so do I. And I, and I, I think the only real criticism outside of the range of shooting, and that's not even really even a criticism. I just bring that up as kind of like a minor negative, no. but the only real criticism that I have is the Canaanites have the shroud queen that should be just a character in my opinion. And mm-hmm. for some reason, the masked one, you know, that, you know, that, that may be, you know, or may or may not be, I guess, a, a sister of slaughter variant of some type. It seems to be that, that she's left out of the war scroll completely, which is a little bit of a head scratcher to me. I'm not really sure why that's the case. Plus there's clearly well, a spear variant for the weapons that is also not mentioned. So again, okay, I, well, you know, this, you got to remember though, when they usually do the beast grave groups like this, um, or even the war cry groups like this, they usually end up having the leader have its own separate war scroll, right? Because it's you're paying for the leader's points, and then the unit is incorporated for free. It's been that way for every single one of them that's come out, all the way from the fire slayers up to every single one. Right. So you're paying. You'd probably end up paying 200 points for the shadow for the for the sh- the shroud queen, and then get her shadow stalkers as a free unit to her. 
as part of her points. That's probably what's going to end up happening is you're going to have a separatory war scroll just for her. Right. Because she's going to end up having spells or abilities that are not listed here. Yeah. And then you're going to have these and then they'll probably end up having an alternate variant or something that's in the actual, you know, beast grave book when that particular set hits. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think you're right. I think they'll do something. If not that it'll be so close. The average person doesn't know the difference from what you just described. I think that's going to be right. the case. And you know, and I got to say this, dude, we never had these cool names on, on YouTube before, but one of our, one of our listeners just chimed in. He's cyborg, AKA DJ moose. That's just awesome. That's that's great. He just basically said, "Not true." When we when we referenced, you know, there is no. When I said there is no perfect unit, he says, "Not true." The perfect unit are blood sisters. Well, you know what? That that my friend, to you, sir, that you might have made a very clever statement there, and one that we want to discuss on a later show. That that actually might happen. Right. So so cyborg, aka DJ Moose, a cool name, dude. Bravo, all of our listeners. Great name. I mean, high class white trash, classic. And you know we may have you on the show, and we're going to talk about your your passion for Blood Sisters. We may we may have to get into that one, but um, right. but yeah, what do you think, man? I mean, we got the Canaanite Shadow Shadow uh, Stalkers. What else you got on those guys before we move on to our next topic? Because I this here my prediction's coming up here, man. I'm a little anxious. I not much. I mean, they they're going to be a fun unit to to, to see on the table, mm-hmm. and I I can see they're going to be in one of our members' uh, gaming ta- gaming units. Is going to they're going to be oh, there. Oh yeah. Dustin yeah. will probably end oh, up yep. fielding these things as a side note to his his sisters, and yeah, we'll probably be fighting these things quite a bit. Yeah, I'm sure, man. I'm sure. Uh, you know, and, and folks that are listening, when we use these first name bases, you know, Dustin's one of our guys in our in our close gaming group, and the guy rocks a daughter's cane like like not a lot of people do, and we know that. Uh, right. And he he looks like Tormund from uh, Game of Thrones. You know, the guy with the big red beard. That's exactly what he looks like. We ju- we just got to find him like a seven foot tall blonde lady to hang around with, and he'd be perfect. Yeah, there you go. We might have to do that, man. All right, so so moving on, man. And here's my prediction, and this is what I want to get in with, and I want to see if anybody else caught this. So Age of Sigmar elves, that's the legal word now, elves, whatever you want to call them. Right. New faction, the Umbranenth. Hey, did you guys catch this? The, the, this screenshot is from uh, from an article about the Shadowstalkers. You see the Umbranenth name? You see that? That's kind of highlighted, you know, kind of circled there. Now, here's, I didn't even, I didn't even catch that. Now, here's what I want to bring up here, gang. See, this is what this is what old Uncle Grimdark and the gang does here for you guys. We make these predictions. We make believers and dreamers out of the gaming gaming world, man. This is what we do. That's going on a T-shirt. Anyway, here we go. So, I bring this up because here on tonight's show, because I had noticed this that that since the Unbreneth word slash name was was edited and replaced by Daughters of Cain, is that a mistake? I don't know, but to be honest, mm. I, had, I had heard the Unbrenenth name around the community a few times. I can't remember listening to a couple of different shows or whatever, but but very very sparingly. It was a very familiar ring when I had when I had seen it. But I always assumed that it was just a placeholder nickname for what was later on to come down come down the pike. So, Justin, you're saying you hadn't noticed that? I didn't notice it. Yeah. So maybe, you know, when when you look at that uh, Umbrenenth is the future name for the whole faction or the Malorian side of things. We, we may have just uncovered a little nugget of information a, here. Yeah. Or it's may, or it may be, it may be, it may be kind of like the Lumineth Worm Lords. It might be the Unreneth Shadow Lords or something of that matter. It, it, it could be that. Yeah, it could be that. But, but it's, it's also quite possible that it's 
only the short name they use internally. So I don't know. Right. But which but, could be or, or a house name. It could be something like that, too. Yeah, it, it could be that. So I'm thinking that. Uh, but but I, I, I got a feeling. I got a feeling, you know, I'm, I'm going to consult the, the bones and the dice here later and make my final prediction. But no, I'm going to make it right now. I think this I think this this name means something more than we're giving it credit for, because here's the thing. I still hope that they that they come as a full release and, and not some type of Warhammer Underworld warband only. I, I'd like to see them kind of expand the Umbernith type of thing out to something a little bit more. Good luck. You got Luminith, Umbernith. I, I think there's something more there. And, and, and let me boil this out yeah. you know, before we move on as to why I think this is a new faction hint. There's what appears to be three extensions of existing factions. Now, now, bear with me here, Justin. I want to hear what you have to say because you know this hobby as well as anybody in this game. So here's what I mean when I talk about the three three extensions of the existing elf factions. We got Teclas and Tyrion that gave us Illumineth Realm Lords, right? And, and right. that one has is, is pretty much been, you know, you know, it, it's here. We got it. We got Marathi and Malarian. This is where mm-hmm. I think the Umbraninth shadow things, whatever you want to call them, um, you know, are going to be here. Now, granted, nothing in the fluff indicates that they are a separate faction and that the Umbraninth name seems to point to maybe a, uh, maybe a collective one. Maybe Marathi followers also follow Malarian. Who knows? Because uh, there is some history there going back to the old game, the old Warhammer Fantasy Battles. Uh, if only, though, through fear they follow him, is what I'm saying, and, and, and not, and, or, or vice versa, not doing so. And Malarian himself has the stronger connection to the chaos demons he found uh, at Marathi's side. So their, uh, you know, original forces overlap thing could, could co- you know, correlate into whatever storyline they want to give to the Umbranenth is what I'm trying to say. And um, the Karnathi, that's the third one, are part of the mm-hmm. Sylvaneth. But, you know, whether they will really further explore, I, I don't know that one. But all I'm saying is it seems to me that those could be the three distinct uh, factions, I think. I think you're onto something there. Um, oh, I, I we do, yeah, I believe because we do because we we do have the Lumineth and we have Teclas and Tyrion. We haven't seen Tyrion's side yet, mm-hmm. so we don't know what he's bringing into. But we did get a good hint of that with the um, the Beastgrave Lumineth unit that's coming out. Because I don't know if you caught the Great Swordsman that was in there. Yep. But yeah, so we did get a hint that they are still using Great Swords in some way or form. So I'm wondering if that's on the Tyrion side. We do know that Marathi's got her own version of what Cain is yeah. and her followers right. and her, I think, believe it's her son yeah. uh, is he's a true believer. So he's still following the, the true rules, but he doesn't like his mother. No, so, no, and that, that we know in, from in, the end times right in, before. Right. That. In any, in any way or faction. So if he's got the shadow stalkers and the canite, um, under underbelly, so mm-hmm. to speak, the, which we we kind of get that inkling. I'm wondering if the Shadow Stalkers will be part of his faction, and all the assassins and everything will be more in his faction because it's the seedy underbelly. He's like, okay, he's putting yeah. on that front and saying, okay, mom, yeah, let's go do this, let's go find these things, but okay, watch mom. your back. <laughs> You know, you know what I mean. It's kind of what it is. Yeah. No, and I, course, I get you. And then we have we have Ariel and the Sylvanath. Yeah, Ariel and and 
and they're off doing their own thing. But right now, pretty much they're protecting themselves from Nurgle and that whole well, yeah, invasion of yeah. their forest. And, mm-hmm. you know, the the the, the Canaanites, are, they're just, or whatever, um, they're just, they're there. They, okay. We, we, we got factions for everything, but until we see a hardcore book come into play and give more history, I guess, we have to kind of guess where this unit actually would fall in a better place. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I, th- I think right now, and I'm going to tell you right now that this is going to be a new faction. That, that's my prediction here, Probably. folks, because look at this. We got the Lumineth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we got, we got the Karnathi. Okay, fine. But the yeah. Umbraneth is way too close. Everyone's been talking about and hinting about and kind of knocking around saying, you know, dark elves, this dark elf, that, you know, one of the shadow elves and shadow elf, this, I think, I think what they're doing in a remote way. And I mean, they meaning games workshop. I think what they're doing in a remote way is they're, giving us a rumor engine, albeit maybe say a a 5,000 foot view of that rumor engine by just kind of putting that little name on there, that Umbraneth along with their, you know, shadow walkers or shadow things or whatever the hell they are. Because, hey, shadow elves directly refers to Marathi and Malarian. Correct. You know, so I I think, uh, I I think we're going to be seeing some, some new dark elves coming out here, but you know, here's the thing. And this is, this is why I want to put the, the, the clip on this thought here, Justin, Compare it to, say, the Gloomspite Gits, also okay. covering Spider Fang and Trolls, mm-hmm. Orcs now covering both Iron Jaws and Bone Splitters, the, right. the different chambers of Stormcast, and mm-hmm. the, the, the combining of the demons and the mortals of Chaos Gods into single armies. You know, mm-hmm. I, I really see this playing out, and I think that's what we're going to see. I think the Umbraneth are going to be their own faction. That's my, it, that's my it, prediction. It, it, right, and it seems to be that's where GW's been going quite a lot right. lately. I mean, you look at you look at how they did, uh, like you said, the Stormcast. Stormcast have several chambers. You look at how they did, um, what's the other one? Um, the Cities of Sigmar book, which is, right. you know, you've got every city in there, but they pulled every single old school Elf, dwarf, you know, human into play. So, and if they do this, this just seems to be the way they're rocking. So if they do this with Soulblight, then we might see a vampire book that has all the factions of vampires, you know, from blood dragons all the way down, including vampires from, uh, you know, zombie pirate vampires. Right. You know, so, so we're, we're, we've been seeing this coming for quite a bit with all the books where they're putting in these factions, they're putting in these sub these subgroups, you know, they're combining armies back together. That makes sense sure. to be combined, you know, and like the gloom spice gets, like you said, where they got the spiders, they got the bo- the bouncers and they got, you know, the, the gets themselves. So going forward, I could see them doing the same thing with the Lumineth, the shadow elves, Etc. 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 You know, right. it's just the way that they're just—it's easier for them to maintain, so we don't get the same thing that's happening in 40k right now, where we're getting 16 different Space Marine codexes dropping in the same month. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah, that's a mess, isn't it? What a hot mess! A, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we don't have that mess. over here in AOS. I'm, I'm really glad that we don't have that in the fantasy world because that is a hot mess. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, you know, I I think I think. Um, uh, I think that's going to be a strong prediction. And, and and talk about surprises. Did you know, Justin, did you know this? I mean, that, that Cyborg, a.k.a. DJ Moose, is our very own Dustin. I figured that one out after he said it, but yeah. That clever bastard. And who the heck knew <laughs> that Joe is Joe? Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, these people with these secretive names. Yep. You know, I and, and you know, 
I got to tell you, clever stuff, though. All right, well, let's keep moving. We got one more topic we're going to be getting through here in the news that I think um, I think is important. Uh, did you hear about this new GW handle that's going to be coming out in November? Oh, God, no. Well, the, the, no. New, the new GW handle, new uh, design, I, I wonder what the inspiration was. It no. reminds me of something. Uh, looks no. interesting. It's, it's a lot thinner than before. I wonder if they weighed the bottom for stability. Maybe. Wow. I mean, maybe the maybe the, the the next one could be ribbed for pleasure or something. I don't know. I mean, do you reckon uh, here, Justin? And I want to ask you this. I want to have a real intelligent conversation. It, it, here. it, it brings a whole new meaning to painting, buddy, what, doesn't what it? Are you, what are you talking about, Justin? I want to have a serious conversation with you. You don't have to take this down into the weeds like that, buddy. I'm trying to be serious here on the show. You know, I mean, uh -huh. but you know, do, do you reckon the next version will like have a mysterious battery compartment to shake the paints? Maybe you think something like that, you know, maybe vibrate the paints. Hey, you know what? If, the, if GW put out a, a, a paint shaker, I'd be fine with it, but we didn't need a redesigned handle. I mean, okay, come on. You know, really? I, I, you know, I mean, look, I gotta, I look, I gotta hand it. I mean, Patreon is getting pretty inundated with hobby content that opens up only fans as, as a new venue, I guess. I mean, maybe the uh, sales, <sighs> add on porn or something i'm not exactly sure but i you know wow you know, yeah I, well yeah well hey that, that might pull some business you know and, and i gotta tell you I, I noticed things just just like with the the umbraneth you know just like you know we we just we just came across that little mysterious thing there justin remember just like this little mysterious thing here uh, yeah uh you know uh i i think they i think they they i think they said this was i think they spelled it wrong this is actually the first citadel butt plug <laughs> yep Pretty much. I didn't know they were into that kind of business. Well, they've been getting kinkier, so you never know. And they better they better change the age rating on this one. That's all well, I'm saying. Is, isn't, the, trouble. Isn't, isn't the game for like 13 and 13 up, something like that? Uh, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, this this one better at least be for 42 and twice divorced four, or something. Yeah, 42 and twice divorced. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, but by the way, by the way <laughs> move, moving on here, you know, now that you've kind of taken us down to the weeds here, Justin, when I tried to be very yep, serious yep. here with the news and, you know, talk about something that is important to the community like this thing. Oh, yeah. Important to the community is a joke. Well, here's the thing. Did you hear the one about the 18 karat gold butt plug uh, business that was being sued by GW? No. Yeah. Apparently they have a patent on expensive stuff for assholes. Oh, my God. Oh, come on. I thought it was funny. <laughs> no, that's good. It's good. All it's, right. Whoa. <laughs> it's good. That that thing, you know, they really have to. Uh... I just don't understand what the need was to redesign the ha handle. I, re I realized they were trying to make it more ergonomically friendly. Oh, they, to oh, they did that. To oh, a yeah. painter's hand. But the idea of making it ergonomically friendly to another portion of the body, not needed. I, I don't know. And you know, folks, with that, uh, Justin and I here in Grimdark Live, we're going to leave the news right there, and we're going to be right back to talk about in, in, in our first unit of October, our Halloween unit, and that's going to be the Crypt Horrors. Hang tight or or hang hang off the paint shaker thing, <laughs> if you're so inclined. Hang there. with Here, I'll end it with this. All right, we're done. <laughs> Public service announcement brought to you by Frag Factory 3D Printing. Many of us have thousands of dollars in miniatures, yet we play on flat tables with books and overturned Tupperware to act as our fantasy and sci-fi landscapes. We've all drooled over the tables we see in magazines lush with beautifully created terrain from all genres. 
The crew at Frag Factory 3D Printing want to wipe that drool from your chin and put it firmly on your friends and fellow gamers when they see your setup. Alien landscapes, desert wastelands, futuristic cities, fantasy outposts, elven forests, demonic stronghold, and so much more. Find out what you've been missing by checking us out on Facebook at Frag Factory 3D Printing or send us an email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com. Bring your own files or we will help you find what you've been searching for. Take your gaming to the next level with Frag Factory 3D Printing. We print life into your games. Tell them Grimdark Live sent you and your first hour of printing is free. Hey gang, in all seriousness, get your terrain on the table and get it with Frag Factory 3D Printing. And remember, tell them Grimdark Live sent you and they'll give you one hour free. You can get them via email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com or their Facebook page, Frag Factory 3D Printing. Frag Factory 3D Printing. Printing life into your games. All right, gang, we are back, and we are going to jump right into our first uh, scary unit of, uh, not our first, but this is our third scary unit, and our look at scary units uh, for October. And right Arc after this, we're going to be talking about Orktober, because that's what we do here on Grimdark Live. So so here it is, man. Um, uh, did, did you, hey, Justin, did you, need, did you need me to go back to the new uh, Citadel paint? you know, handle thing. Did you want to check on that one more time? Or are we good to keep going? No, we're good. We're okay. good. I just, Definitely. I wasn't sure. Man. We're, we're I wasn't good. sure. We're good. So we are talking about crypt whores. Um, and, and this one here, you know, I, I to, to be honest with you, um, uh, let me just kind of warm it up because I know that you're kind of chomping at the bit to really kind of take this one, take this topic into the stratosphere. And I definitely want to do that. So, but in, in my understanding, crypt whores are a variant of common ghouls who have consumed the blood of a vampire, right? Mm -hmm. Giving yep. them supernatural size and strength, right? I get that. And in right. the game, they're used as obviously a form of elite heavy shock infantry. So, and from what I understand from the story arc, and again, I'm not a death player, but in order to create a cryptor, a vampire must open his veins or tell him to bite him somewhere or something like that uh, to a ghoul, to a normal ghoul, and allow it to basically gulp down his blood. And once that happens, this acts as as a way of kind of changing or deforming, and 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 it's. But in doing so, it's kind of an act. Am I ready? Am I right on this? It's kind of an act that 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 vampires have to do in a in a in a measure of desperation, whether they're in a lot of trouble yeah. or they're trying to complete a siege or something like that. So take it from there, man. Tell me what you know about cryptors. So, cryptors are what you said. They are basically a common ghoul, which a ghoul is a human that has been feasting on living and dead tissue, and it's been cursed by the death curse. Right, and then. They feed on vampires' blood, which the only reason for ever giving a ghoul vampires' blood is because they need siege breakers or they need berserk-type creatures to basically ransack an entire area as fast as possible. So they will feed them the blood, and then they will lock them in a prison while they mutate, basically. Okay, so so let me, let me try to pick it up from there so I understand. So, okay. The vampires that do this, though, and, and and correct me if I'm wrong on this, are the Strigoi bloodline, right? Those correct. are the vampires yep. that specifically do this with these ghouls. Now, and this is because the Strigoi, uh, they they allow a crypt ghoul to drink their blood, vampire's blood, whoever it is, is a sign that the vampire is obviously truly desperate for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. So let me get this straight. 
once a, a, a crypt ghoul has, for better lack of terminology, drunk the blood of a vampire, it then goes into a killing frenzy before it goes into a vault or something like that, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, it's, it basically goes mad. So they have to lock it away so that it can mutate and grow and get bigger. Um, and basically also protect the, the vampire because they, then they get that taste because ghouls and everything oh, okay. and crypto, and they, okay. they get a taste for their prey. So they get a taste for this vampire blood. Right. And then they would try to kill that Strigoi who fed them to get more. Okay. Okay. That so, makes sense. And they have basically, you have to imagine most vampires have some form of leverage over their subjects mm-hmm. or their the creatures they work with. So with sure. ghouls, it's pretty easy to do because you say, hey, you give them blood, you give them meat, whatever, they're good. Crip whores, not so much because they've been driven mad by the process. They don't really follow anything except for maybe a, the courtier mm-hmm. or a very, very powerful Strigoi can impose his will on them. Okay. So they have to lock them away until that will can be reestablished. So they won't won't attack them. Okay. So those things it's like, okay, feed them, box them, get the will reestablished. And then when we need them, release them. Right. Okay. So, so basically we know at this point, the crypt, the the crypt ghoul has drank the vampire's blood. It's gone completely Mm -hmm. crazy. And, what happens if, if I'm understanding this right is at that very moment, and I'm going to touch on something you said at the beginning of this topic that, that you just merely mentioned that caught my ear that I want to, I want to bring up, but the cryptor would then, I guess, grab or pull down into the little crypt or whatever they're being locked in with them, a weaker member. In other words, a, another fellow cryptor, uh, it, you know, of a, a weaker member of its own pack. And, and in doing right. so it would start consuming them almost like a form of weird cannibalism amongst their own. Yep. Yep. And but then what I found interesting, or at least I recall this, and I don't know if this is correct. And then after they're done eating their pack member, they they basically come back out to take another drink of the master's blood, and and is and the transformation continues with this pattern until the the coming of the next full moon or something like that, from what I understand. And, right. and then the it's, new cryptor will have grown to this monstrous new size. Well, right. They basically do this. It's it's the bonding of will is basically, I okay. think is what the ritual is. It's like yeah. a ritualistic thing. It's kind of like a bonding of will. So they're basically given one of the members of their pack to feed on. They, they wear their skulls. They wear their back, their bones, things like that. As they grow, they get bigger, they get bulkier. They take a bit of drink of more blood every so often. Um, and by the time the first full moon hits, you have either a full-on cryptor that's loyal to the death or you have the other version, which is the courtier, um, because they can, they can actually split off. And oh. what the courtier is, yeah, is the to, courtier, say, touch, on, touch on the courtier real quick. I want to hear that. The one. courtier is basically the cryptor that has intelligence. Okay. They're the one, okay. they're the ones that, that the vampiric intelligence, the vampiric ability has come into play and gone from, and basically they, they retain everything. They're the ones that can lead the other cryptors that are all made at the same time. Okay. All right. So I, I guess I guess before before we take it to where I wanted to go off of a comment that you said a, a minute ago, which I thought was which I thought was brilliant, was 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 simply this. Let's imagine what what's at stake here. So obviously you have some kind of a, a vampire that is working to uh, bring uh, a siege wall down, or working to you know advance a certain initiative on the battlefield, or maybe defend itself. Maybe there's uh, you know enemies at the gate or something like that and it has to do whatever it can to try to 
you know, uh, defend its position. It's actually going to, in a moment of desperation, it's going to take this already mad creature, feed it its own blood. But then there's got to be this, this, this instance. I would think that they would have to do this. They couldn't really do this on the battlefield, right? I mean, obviously, if, they, if, oh, if no. you got to eat your buddy, then drink more blood, and you got to do this until the next full moon. I mean, this this is a process right here, right? Right. Cryptors can't be made on the fly. They're not They're not one of those things where it's just a random mutation where it's like, here's some blood, random mutation. They balloon out into this giant beast, and then they go. There, there's it's not it's not a quick process right you know the other example of this happening is um back in the old day the old warhammer side of it if a vampire had been basically had gone against the rest of the house they'd lock that vampire in the crypt oh or, yeah and let him and let him feed upon himself and basically either would drive him mad which would turn him into a crypt whore or it would turn him into a vargeist you know, which is basically a mutated vampire. Yeah, so, and, and, and and yeah, and I, and as much as I want to get into the, the Vargeist, I, I think we should, uh, I think we should hold that one for a, a, right. another time. But but kind of go back here. Go ahead. But say, that's say, basically say. the same. That's the same kind of mentality. Of what's going on is it, it wasn't one of those things where it's just throw them on a battlefield and let them go. It's you, you kind of had to grow them. They're 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 shock troops, so they take a little bit of time to get ready. Right. All right. Well, what, um, okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> well, you know, I, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to imagine the whole thing from, from the standpoint of, uh, you know, getting, getting this whole process done and what goes through to get this done. But then, but then let's take a look at this. Let's think about this on the battlefield, because a lot of people like to look at the perspective of this from your mm -hmm. simple, you know, uh, you know, empire guardsman or your free guild guard or something like that. You got to face this thing. And, and before we kind of take right. it to a point that you said a minute ago that I want to touch on about the whole dynamics of what this creature is, I, could you imagine, you know, you're, you're standing on the battlefield, you're going to, you're going to defend the castle wall and then bang, you know, you're, you're face to face with these things, probably at the Vanguard, they're probably shock troops that are coming in to, you know, with, with, with a bunch of their uneaten buddies or crypt ghouls behind them. I mean, let's, let's really kind of think about that. I mean, these things, and, and we've seen them in the game. All right. Forget about the, the, mm -hmm. the, the, the realism imagination of it, but in the game, uh, crypt horrors are no joke. No, they're so, not. I, they're, they're, they're more deadly than ogres for the most part. For the they most have, part, yeah. They have a little bit more resilience than them, not too much more, but they're fast. They're extremely, they have, I think they have more attacks than an ogre does, but these things are, they are very quick, very fast. They move across the battlefield very effectively. Um, and with the abilities and backups that the, that the rest of the army puts behind them, they're jumping over terrain. They're flying over terrain. They're coming at you full boat. Right. And they're in your lines turn one, turn two. And a, and a smart player's got them on you turn two with every other crypt thing that's in the world to hit you at the same time. And they just tear through you. Well, you're not kidding. And, you know, that, and that's the thing that, that I wanted to touch on because I, could you imagine, like, you know, you're there and, and you're, trying to, you're trying to fight these things and, and you know, I, I, it's just crazy. But let's, let's kind of take this a step mm -hmm. back. Sure. Um, so... I want to take the lore a little bit back by something that you said earlier. And, and let's look at the origins of this thing for a second. I mean the, the, mm -hmm. the, the deep origins of this thing mm -hmm. for a second. So a ghoul, right, is or, or was at one time a tribe of right. humans. When, when you said a, a human, human being. 
I, I said, okay, wait a minute. You know, I, I want to touch on that because you kind of, you kind of triggered something in my memory going back from when I was reading about mm-hmm. these guys uh, or these creatures, you know, back from uh, fantasy battles. So they, they were the wild men. They were the men that lived basically exactly, the, yeah. the, the, uh, the militia or the, or the men who lived on the outskirts of society that just didn't fit in the mad right, men. Right. And they were cannibalist, cannibalistic. They would eat, you know, pretty much anything they can get their hands on that, you know, they hunt and killed humans. They stole, they, I mean, everything. And, and over, over a period of time. And, and this is what I remembered of them. They, 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 they were tribe of humans. They were descendants rather of the insane and evil hearted cannibals living around. Wasn't it uh, Nagashazar? Wasn't it? They, they were I living believe, around somewhere around so. there. Yeah. And, yeah. and they were people who essentially ate the flesh of their dead in these big, like glory rituals. So it was almost like a religious cult that right. of these people that lived around Nagash's kingdom. And this transformation that I want to touch on here that, that takes place, and I'm not talking about the transformation of a, of a, of a ghoul to a, a you know, a, 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 a cryptor. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the transformation from this human mm-hmm. to this ghoul. This transformation was well, maybe hundreds of years in the making, maybe thousands. I mean, well, you got, you, you got to remember they were also, they were, Awesome. Just, they weren't just feeding on their dead. Their dead. They, you know, when they lost a family member or a clansman, right. they weren't just feeding on them, but they were also feeding on the bones of the area and the meats and all that kind of thing that would all have been tainted by Nagash's magic and the dark magic. So right. death magic, basically. Exactly. So they, every time they would consume something that was was tainted by death magic, it tainted their soul. Right. So that twisting, be it. 10 years, 50 years, 100 years, 1,000 years, however many years it took to get them to where they currently are. Right. I mean, that's it's a depriment of their soul to the point where at some point or another, there it basically became easy to control them through the powers of death. That's that's very true. And I got to tell you something, Justin, real quick. I mean, we, we are mice among giants on this lore topic, man. We got two plus stuff that's joining us here tonight, man, on, on the boards. And, you know, thank you so much for being with us, man. I'm glad you're, you're finally catching us on a live show, man. And we're, we're, we're kind of, we're kind of treading lightly in your territory there two plus, because we are, we are of no caliber, but we're talking about the lore of the, the cryptors and trying to dissect that here a little bit for, for an October creepy little unit. But yeah, so so going back to that, these these humans as they were that that kind of were in this cult that were living in and around Nagashazar that were kind of you know you know becoming slowly through time these 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 ghouls that we currently have now that eventually become crypt horrors, they would literally gorge themselves on the flesh of their own and you know generation by generation they were driven mad by their own you know loathsome practices. And so uh, here's the thing that, that I always found really interesting about this. Now, and, and you're going to have to correct me if I'm wrong, but so over the many years during the times of war or harsh pestilence and famine and all that other kind of stuff that happens, the, 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 the desperate and the depraved of these people, they would take the eating human flesh, like you were saying, to mm-hmm. stay alive. And maybe, as we were talking about earlier, a more of a ritualistic type of a thing like a cult. And right. over time, through a strange evolution, these humans became ghouls who were further transformed, we just talked about, in Cryptor. So now we kind of brought everything up to speed to where we are as far as what the Cryptor themselves are. But here's my question. Wasn't it overall, currently right now, to bring to bring ourselves into the, the, the game of Age of Sigmar, now that we've kind of talked us through the, the, the lore and the backstory of the old world, don't the Flesh Eater courts see themselves as a former Bretonians in, in, in they, some demented they way? They do. They um. Because most of where the flesh eater courts and most of where the Strigoi hunting was done back in the old Warhammer days, they were 
predominantly the blight on the Bretonians more than anything. Right. They were they they went in they went into their death mounds and they would steal the corpses out of their death mounds, you know things of that matter. Um, the new AOS lore basically puts them in place where they're saying these are fallen Bretonians that have right. turned to the way of death or have been resurrected back into the way of death through you yeah, know. You see- fun- basically fundamental cannibalism that's what i heard that they were that essentially you know all the old world they were the 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 resurrected or the the undead if you will bretonians and they still see themselves as the knights in shining armor and when when they get a a bone or a spike or something like that they almost look at it like their old banners and that's what or their lances and that's what's going through uh their minds right right and that part to me is almost more sinister than the entire you know storyline of a human that's a weirdo cannibal that's living out in the, in the outskirts of Nagashazar that turns into a right. ghoul that you know gets to drink a vampire's blood that gets to, you know and then each one of his ghoul buddies in his tribe and then you know this goes on and on gets locked in a crypt and then becomes right. a, a crypt whore through virtual desperation which in a way kind of shows the selfishness of the vampires, which is, it's just kind of the, which is kind of an old story going all the way right. back to stories of, you know, Dracula really, but. Right. Right. But like I said, in the old, when you go back to actually, you go into the old lore a little bit deeper too, when you had all the houses of the old vampires with the blood dragons, the met the von Karsteins and them, right. The von Karsteins were considered the head house. They were the ones that That's led true. the yeah. vampire nation. The Strigoi were always considered to be like, we always say it, the uncle Lester, of a yeah, way right they were they were the they were the black sheep they were the ones that would be called to court but weren't quite powerful enough to be a, a considered a noble yeah, yeah and they were always the ones to take the blame when something went wrong in the vampire community yeah, so to speak okay. or the vampire houses and that's why they usually were the ones that got locked in cages or they were the ones sacrificed to the mountain basically and said okay you're gonna be locked away for ten thousand years and i hope you don't go mad have fun right you know that kind of, that kind of thing and that's where like i said the virus came from and all these other twisted things came from is it was kind of their ploy right in a way to get more power and have more powerful creatures that could take out other vampires too if well I, well that too but again that goes back to the whole desperation and i think that that's right. a big over blanketing you know term there but it, I, is, I think- it is it is but it is a big part of their history and their lore well, yeah, exactly. But I think the whole sinister part, the underlying sinister part, yeah. is that these creatures, these ghouls, effectively, these cryptors, still believe that they're the Green Knight. They still believe that yeah. they're the Pegasus, you know, uh, uh, riders. And I, and I just, I sit there and I just, I roll that through my mind and I think to myself, what a, what a, a beautiful tragedy. And I know that's kind of a loose way to put it. I'm not even sure if that's the best way to put it. But that to me is something that's always stuck with me. And I'd like to find more literature on that whole backstory. Maybe I got to pick up an old seventh or eighth edition, you know, uh, you know, you know, death book or something like that and then and, and check it out because I might do that. But, you know, just hearing that when I've heard other people through the years talk about that, that was always, uh, that always kind of stuck with me. But, right. um, but yeah, you know, I, again, um, I mean, if, if, if you want, if, Cannibalistic. When you hear can- the word cannibalistic and things of that matter, I mean, there's nothing in the, the Death Army that leads me to think more can- more flesh eating cannibalistic than zombies. More than anything, that actually fits that term better. Yeah. But you know, vampire Stragoi, you know, the whole idea with you know cryptors and things like that. I don't view them. I know they're cannibalistic. I know they they feast on flesh. They feast on blood. They feast on their kill. I, I get it. Right. 
I just kind of wish that that wasn't where they got pegged as much as more of the line of just power hungry, mad vampire makes more sense to me than cannibalistic driven nuts. Vampire. Well, are you still referring to the crypt whores? I'm talking about the entire thing, the, the whole feat, the whole feast. Yeah, no, I, I, I think, I think that's that's definitely a, a great point to make. But I think, let me, so let me ask you this: let me kind of wind it back down to the crypt whores themselves. Do mm-hmm. you think that they have? I mean, is, is there any evidence at all that they have any relative mind of their own? Because you only say the, you say you say only, zombie, only the, you know, the, only the courtiers. In okay. all, on, all honesty, they're the only okay. ones that really have any form to function, because they're the only ones that have any form of like vampiric intelligence to them. Okay. Because they they lead the army. They're the ones that can call the commands. They're the ones that can, I guess, grunt the you know or or shriek or whatever it is they do for communication. Mm-hmm. But okay. when it comes to just standardized corp, uh, crypt whores and ghouls, you know that that's just a bunch of rabble that are running around looking for the next meal right. for the most part, and they're just getting pointed in a direction by the ones that actually have the power. Yeah. You know, yeah. but it, it's just interesting to me, though, interesting to me, the whole storyline of, of these guys. And I think right. that uh, I was really kind of waiting. I'm glad we kind of finally touched on these ones. I kind of wish we would have touched on, on the Crip Whores uh, first for our, our, our spooky unit for, for October. But uh, but any, right. anything else you want to add about the Crip Whores before we move on to our Orktober unit or character? No, I mean, there's really not much more you can say about. Yeah. The horrors. I mean, like I said, there's very few branches of them, but other than that, that's you know, they're just courtier and the horror, and that's about it. You said you said so, you said horror, didn't it's you? It's the intelligent. I said horror. <laughs> yeah, it's no, it, it's the it's the it's the lack of intelligent versus the intelligent. That's it, the only two branches right. there are of them, okay. and that's right. pretty much it. All right. Well, good stuff. Well, uh, well, folks, we're going to be right back with our with our Orktober look at Azog the Slaughter, oldie but a goodie. We'll be right back. Hey gang, I wanted to take a break in today's show to introduce one of our sponsors and a great store for all of your hobby needs. That's GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Open seven days a week, 12 to 12. GameStorm Gaming has got you covered for all of your hobby and gaming needs. They got Magic the Gathering, War Machine, X-Wing, Game of Thrones, Force of Will card game, PC gaming and repair, Warhammer 40K, and Age of Sigmar, and a ton more. Grab paints, brushes, cases, dice, and a lot more at GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Stop in and see John and the gang there at GameStorm Gaming, located at 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, or check them out on their website at GameStormGaming.com. Again, that's www.GameStormGaming.com. They also stay open past midnight for special cases and events, so get over there and get your nerd on with GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. 630-243-9330. 630-243-9330. Again, that's GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. GameStorm Gaming is a proud sponsor of Grimdark Live. We hope to see you there. October, here we go, man. This is going to be a good one. I'm, I've been looking forward to covering this guy because, honestly, out of all of the the orcs, uh, you know, whether it's the Greenskins, the Iron Jaws, the, you know, uh, any one of them, I got to tell you that this particular character, Azog the Slaughterer, is is absolutely one of my favorites. Always has been for a long time. And of course, I know that 
He didn't make it. He didn't carry over into Age of Sigmar. But I got to tell you, you know, there, there are two things that come to mind right now how, as far as how Orktober uh, would be so much better if we still had Azog the Slaughter and Age of Sigmar. But nonetheless, uh, it, it still wouldn't be Orktober without mentioning Azog the Slaughter or uh, Joe, one of our great listeners, man, and, and, a, and, a, and a grimdark goon. I got to tell you, man, I apologize. I, I should have thought about it. But next week, you're going to be on the show with us. We're going to be talking about our final Orktober with you, man, on the show. Because as he said, Orktober without Joe is like grimdark party without a paint handle. Justin, did you want to go back and talk about that paint handle anymore? Or are you okay moving on? No. I'm good. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> All right. All right. Here we go. So are you ready to move on to Azog the Slaughterer now since our, it's our Orktober topic? It's the Orktober. Orcs. Oh, you're going to do the big wah for us? Wah! There you go, man. Good stuff. So so here we go. So, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. When, when I kind of cheese all over Azog the Slaughterer, I, I mean, where would Gordrak or a mega boss on a Maw Crusher be without good old Azog the Slaughterer? Huh? I mean... You know, Showing him how it's done. Well, right. you, you, you're not kidding, man. And you, like I said, man, every 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 everybody's got their origin, and this guy really is the the, the grandfather of, of every bad greenie on a on a big muscle dragon. But I do got to say though, you know, speaking of, and I'm not I'm not knocking the Maw Crusher here, guy. Don't even be like, oh, Grimdark Live was saying he didn't like the Maw Crusher. I do like the Maw Crusher. My my son plays the hell out of two of them and beats the crap out of me. But I do miss the Wavern. I really do. Before we get going mm-hmm. on Azog, I really do. I miss the Wavern quite a bit. Uh, is the Maw Crusher a Wavern? Can anybody answer that? Cause it, or is it just a big muscle dragon, you know, cabbage-looking thing? What I want to say I want to say that it's AOS's version of a Wavern. Yeah, a I wi- think it is. I, I, I Wavern. I think it's. I think it's in the same family. Okay. All right. It doesn't look like a Wavern. But I hey, know it doesn't, but I, I think it is. It it's 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 pretty cool. So let's get into this, man. Azog the Slaughterer. I mean, uh, he was really the the start of it all. You you can you all all you uh, Iron Jaws players out there, you can look at your uh, your big mega boss on 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 a on a Maw Crusher and just think you knew you knew who the granddaddy was, man. You knew where the origin came from. So Azog, speaking of him, he hails from the days of Warhammer Fantasy Battles and, and the old lands known as Troll Country. I, I just I wish they still had names like that. Um, and he, he was really I'm going to say this: he was never the same from the day uh, a lesser and, and little known thing happened. Now at, at one time Azog was just a orc chieftain by the name of Azog, and the little right. thing that happened to him that changed everything is he found a mysterious crown and uh, and and you've heard of this crown right justin i mean you know what i'm talking about want to take a crack at it or i'm going to keep going oh god wasn't it the Uh oh it's october oh god you're gonna make me trouble okay so so this crown i'm just going to give you a hint this crown was uh it, it was previously owned by a dude by the name of nagash i don't know if anyone's heard of him you know big bone yeah. daddy dude uh but see what what happened was he had this crown and there was a particular battle and when and they were attacked by a heavily armored chaos warrior you know army and azog and his mob were forced underground they were getting the hell beat out of them by these chaos warriors and they had to retreat if you will to a labyrinth ruins that was underground that they didn't know was there and, uh, and and really it was like a, a city from a long time ago and i want to say the city was uh totenheim i believe or something close to that so folks let me know if i'm right on that because i i don't know uh i've been hitting the head a lot and i'm old i don't remember if that's what it is but i think i'm pretty close but 
anyway, so after fighting off all the demonic monstrosities that lived in this cursed city, as well as any of the Chaos Warriors that followed him down there to continue beating the tar out of him, Azog wandered into this den of this multi-headed Chaos Troll. I, I think they said that it was, it was an incountable amount of heads that this, this Chaos Troll had. And mm-hmm. I mean, you look. There's 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 characters in this story of ours, like you know, Arcan the Ever Chosen and the trials he had to do that really have some great right. great backstories. But at any rate, this is just another one that I wish they would have brought into Age of Sigmar. Azog fought his weight in Wildcats and he killed this this beast. And amidst you know all the bone strewn you know dead carcasses and all that other kind of crap in this in this den, found an ancient crown. And and now. This crown, as we said, was once owned by Nagash. And what's kind of interesting is is this crown kind of had a mind of its own. And over time, this crown, the the, the crown that aided Azog, uh, it, it, it kind of spoke to him and it kind of kind of hypnotized him. I mean, you remember this, right, Justin? Yeah, yeah, that I do remember. I, I that I do remember. I. I... See, I was trying to remember if this was the the crown of stupidity or no. That if, was a, if that's what it because no. I, I there, there was several crowns in the old world. There were yeah, and one of them was one of them was worn by an orc called the crown of stupidity. That they would end up having to take a stupidity test every turn to see if they could even act. Yeah, because no. the crown would sap their will. So I that's where I was like, uh, you know, yeah. it was kind of like yeah. There there was there was there was a lot of stuff like that. You're right. There were a lot of crowns. There was a crown that they that the Nobbler army could have. The one of the White Dwarf where they right. they, they they were able to be a caster and yeah, they had a lot of crazy. Cr- GW's into crowns. I don't know what it is, but over time this crown aided Azog and it spoke to him. And orc tribes were really united as never before. You know, basically a, mm-hmm. the, the original big wah. See, folks, Azog the Slaughter, right. man, he started it all. And and they were they were brought together and united like never before. And massive conquests took place. And it even aided Azog in obtaining his own wyvern. That's how he met uh, Skull Muncha. I really, yep. I got I to gotta pause right here. If there are two armies <laughs> that I think have the best names, it's, any orc army, auric army, whatever you want to call it, and anything Nurgle. I mean, you've got Sloppity Bile Piper and Skull Muncha. Enough said. I love that. Best names. It'd be nice if, had, it'd be, it'd be nice if they did more named creatures <laughs> like that for yeah. other armies. I think they're going to get there. I think they're you, you've oh, seen. Yeah, eventually. But anyway, we, folks, we took a left turn at Albuquerque here with the topic. But, <laughs> but so the crown led Azog to his Wavern Skull Muncha. There's a name again. I just had to say it. Uh, but the crown would eventually be his downfall, which I really love the fact that they kind of took a page out of J.R.R. Tolkien as far as the whole, you know, ring of power. I mean, the, the whole story arc with the crown is right. as much like the Lord of the Rings ring of power. And, and Nagash's crown wanted to be re- reunited with its rightful master. And, yep. uh, um, you know, I, I like the fact that this crown, like the rings of power in Lord of the Rings, was compelled by a will all on its own. It really, at the end of the day, it was, Azog was just a ways to a means. And what kind of eventually led to Azog's downfall, did you ever remember what the downfall is, or do you want me to continue telling the story? Go ahead, go ahead, you're doing great. All right, well, so his downfall was basically this, and I'm going to kind of paraphrase here, because there's so much literature on this, you guys can can find this for yourselves, but the crown kind of led him to this particular battle, and Azog did what most great orc warlords do, and he led his wah. 
and he led it into Kislev. Now, what I think is kind of neat about talking about Azog and, and going into Kislev is that we just heard about Kislev being brought back up in what? The old Square Base edition that's going to be coming out in about two or three more years from Games Workshop. They're bringing that yep. back out, and they're starting with Kislev. But at any rate, so he led his WA into Kislev and stormed into the northern part of that empire and started attacking it. He was he The crown was trying to lead him closer to Nagash. The problem was mm-hmm. the crown was like, you're going north, stupid. I needed you to go south. My, my, my master is south. And Azog, you know, uh, being a typical orc, messed up the plan. And it was really a great battle. This, you know, if you read about the battle that took place in Kesleyev, where, you know, Azog was, uh, you know, uh, countering a charge by the, I think it's Knight's Panther, and Azog right. ordered Skull Muncha into the thick of the fighting, and he's just killing stuff left and right. And the crown, though, never stopped basically yelling at him, nagging at him. You know, it didn't want to be there anymore. It was, it was, it was confusing Azog, which is an easy thing to do if you got a head this big and a brain that big. But the crown sought greater control over Azog, and the mental dueling left Azog distracted. Mm-hmm. And in this moment of weakness, Azog was killed um, by, I want to say it was Werner von Kriegstad. That sounds familiar. I, I know it was I know it was Werner something because you know uh, Wavern and Werner had always, but I don't remember that. Yeah. So, but so so that's why you know and and finally Azog died there in that battlefield on on Kislev, and it was funny because just like most things in, in Games Workshop, unless I'm completely mistaken, obviously he got killed, the crown fell off his head. What the hell happened to the crown? Anybody know? Was it picked up by somebody I, in Kislev? Are we ever going to see it again? I don't know. I think that's I think that's I, a, a missed piece. I don't think GW ever went past that point as to what happened to the relic itself. Right. You know, but it could be sitting at the bottom of the lake like it did for a thousand years in the Lord of the Rings kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, for all we know, true. it could resurface in, in the new the new version of their, their rank and flank that they're going to be doing. So we may actually see this crown come back. Who knows? That, you know, you it, it's it's one of those things is, you know, it's it's a mystery. They, a lot of the artifacts of the old, old world are either just missing or gone. And the ones that did carry forward are now missing or gone. Right. So, you know, for, for all new ones, you know, GW has a real tendency to take good, good storylines and they get them to a conclusion of, okay, this character is now dead, but nobody wants to say what happened to say the pet dragon that he's riding or the wordman he's riding yeah. or the artifacts he's carrying right. or the army he was leading. Where did all that go? Right. Yeah. I mean, you know? You know, obviously in the storyline, the orcs broke and they all ran away and I think skull Muncha flew away, but you know, and he laid there, you know, dead amongst all of his other soldiers, but you know, it's right. funny. And, and let me kind of digress here a little bit on, on my love for the greenskins. you know, for, for a long time, you couldn't find Azog the slaughter model. And, uh, of course, you could find painted ones on, like, eBay and whatnot for, like, 600 bucks or something ridiculous like that. And uh, I've always loved that mm-hmm. actual model. Not just the regular orc and a waver. I'm talking about Azog the Slaughter, the name, character, you know, that we're kind of showing some of the images here on Grimdark Live. But that, I sought for that thing for so long. I, I, I looked around and finally came to a point to where I found it. I found a guy that was selling a brand new one, and I bought it. And uh, I'm gonna, my son's going to use it in his army. But is it me or did I, do I, am I in the minority here when I say I felt like GW gave the, gave the Shandoler to the wrong orc army? Shouldn't they have gotten rid of bone splitters? You know, a bunch of half nude, 
you know, uh, orcs and kept the, the, the greenskins, the boys, the boar boys. I, is it me? I mean, am, am I, is, am I, do I not have the right thinking there? You know, I don't think you are, uh, are, are not, I should say not, but I, I think we're going to, we've been all sitting here biting the bent saying there's going to be a gets book. Well, I'm wondering if we're going to see an orc and goblin book that brings back the old orcs and the old goblins and recombines them back into one army. Well, that would mean that would be that would be a big thing to see. But I again, that would be a big that would be a big damn book because then you'd be basically taking the gloom spite gets and smooshing them in with. Well, no, no, no. You can keep the gloom spite gets separate. You just have the gets. You have the wolf rider gets. You have the you have those gets. Mm -hmm. That's where your sky pirates could be. That's where all your green skits could be. That's where your you know your your just everyday orcs run of the mill orcs are sitting instead of these specialty armies which are the iron jaws and. You know the bone splitters. Yeah, I. You know what? Who who knows? Because yeah, um, no, who knows? I, I I really hope. I really hope the 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 sky gets the sky goblins are are coming back. I would love to see that. Because because I would love to see an orc just all orcs just a standardized orc without having it be a big wog or, you know, have to use those other two factions. Because I'm sitting on a box over here that's got probably about two thousand models of orcs that are just regular green skins that I yeah. would love to be able to refield. You know, and not under nerfed rules like they currently. Well, are. and and that's the thing. You know, and I got to tell you, you know, here's what's funny. Talk about nerfed rules; they still do fairly good. You know, they 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 still don't do so bad. I mean, but you know what I saw the other day, and not the other day, uh, recently, mm-hmm. I saw a guy that had a big wah army, and instead of instead of using obviously he proxied, but instead of using savage orcs, he actually used his own his old uh, boys, right, and it. It fits so well. You know, you got these big, heavy, armored brutes and these ard boys, you know, the, the, the great black orcs of the day. But then you also had these boys that just, it just seemed to fit. I don't, I don't know what it is. And don't get me wrong. I, as, as a standalone piece, I guess the, the Savage Orcs are, are a damn fine army. We talked about them la- on last week's show. Mm-hmm. But right. to me, aesthetically, and maybe I'm just too much of a, of a gaming interior decorator. I like, to, I like to see things that kind of work together. I, I just I just think that the two armies are too polar opposite, and I think that they could have done the game a lot better by changing maybe some of the war scroll pieces and and keeping at least the boys or something like that. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm 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 just I'm doing that gamer thing and I'm just bitching unnecessarily. But I I do miss models like Azog the Slaughter. I do miss your true oh, yeah. green skin. I, I I really do. Uh, well, so, right. I mean, it, it's it's kind of like you know, there's the it's a tier level. It's like regular boys are like the tier one orc they're right. like the you know the fresh fresh recruit that just showed up at a boot camp kind of thing there you go and then then they turn into the iron jaws and the iron jaws are the well-trained seasoned fighting machines that they go into and over the course of too much battle too much war they get post-traumatic and they go to savage orcs you, you, yeah you i know? guess it is kind of the storyline they just kind of they just kind of run off and you know, right. Live in the they woods. strip their army and go live in the woods because they've either had enough too much or they rather just go fight creatures instead of other humans or right. other other beings. Got it. But I would definitely love to see old school green skins brought back in some way. Yeah. Old school just gets, you know, goblins, not not necessarily gets, but you call them goblins if you truly wanted to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You mean talking about like the old I, git mob, you know, like they had right. early like, AOS. Where, and they, you know, yeah. right. 
where where you had the old fashioned orcs that would literally were the you know they they were slavery slaving out the goblins and saying you get in there and you kick their butts and we come in and take and clean up or you right. know or they were they were the they were the trash picker uppers they were the ones that yeah. would go get their meals while the orcs were not in fights and you know they'd be the ones they'd stuff into the into the the barrels and throw at their opponents and be like we don't care because they just don't matter you know yep. I, I I miss the old mob mentality yeah of the I guess orc, I just the orc the orc army yeah and it just it doesn't feel like a mob anymore it feels well, like it's a regular just like army regular instead you know, of you know, the, you know the positive part about it age of sigmar is still very very i say the positive part of all right. this is the age of sigmar is still a very young game we're only five years old i think mm-hmm. it's, i think it's going to each year if I, as i've noticed with age of sigmar it gets leaps and bounds better than the year it was before and, and we get a lot of models back oh, that we yeah. lost. Yeah, so I, I've got a lot of hope. I think it's going to be great. And you never know, man. You know, the, those those dusty old green skins you got in that box and back of you might be back out on the table before you know it. So bring it to a war meet, man. Let's see how they do. But all right, yeah. good, good stuff, yeah. man. We are, uh, we're closing out that part of our Orktober with Azog the Slaughter, and we're going to be uh, right back with the question, question of the day. You guys remember it? We talked about it on the, on the front of the show. So we're going to be right back with the question of the day. <laughs> Hey gang, I really hope you're enjoying the Grimdark Live show so far. Thanks for being with us. But before we get to the question of the day, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker by becoming a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in, and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, you should know that Grimdark Live isn't just there for entertainment. We're a full-time miniatures assembly and painting service. We have three different levels that we currently paint to, and we provide free quotes. So let us know if you have something you need painted, and we'll get it done for you. And if Patreon or painting isn't something you're ready to do at this time, we totally understand. And thank you for spending time with us here on Grimdark Live. So with that said, let's get to the question of the day. All right, we are back, and we got the question of the day. Now, if you guys remember, in the beginning of the show, we kind of gave you guys a hint, peek behind the curtains, what the question of the day was, and you guys have been awesome. You haven't answered it early, but here it is for anybody that's just jumping on and, and getting with us. So, Justin, you ready, man? Question of the yep. day. So here's the question of the day. With the release of the new Marathi book and the Iron Scale model, will Daughters of Cain see a new resurgence that will make them deadlier than ever before? Tough question. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, let me let me throw an answer at you. Okay. I don't think that it's going to make them any deadlier than they already are, unless the rule set is completely different. But I do believe with the Iron Scale release mm-hmm. and with her new horse scroll coming, it's going to give a different option in play style. Right. Because from what I've we've read about the iron scale and everything else, she kind of acts like the, the witches and things of that matter. So I don't think we're going to, you're going to see as many of particular heroes on the board. You may her this iron scale as the leader. And that would just give you the option to battle line these troops without having to do a specific house. So it may, it may give them more flexibility and play of opening up the other houses. Interesting. So to speak. All right, that's an interesting her. perspective. 
You know, it's funny. You know, I thought about this you because um, my own self, I, you know, to me, I think they're going to be building on the character arc of Marathi. I think we're going to see a split within the ranks of the right. of the elves, elves. And I think that um, I think they're going to start to be onto her. I think they're going to figure out that Marathi's been, you know, kind of wagging the dog on him and not not telling the truth. So I, I think that we're going to see that play out. But I think what this is going to do here is I think this is going to make them deadlier in in a very unexpected way. Because let, let's 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 face it, I think if you look at the tiers, you know, you look at any of the, any of the people that kind of keep a pulse on where armies shake out. You know, I know that uh, mm-hmm. folks like Goonhammer does it. I know folks like uh, the Honest Wargamer probably does it better than anybody, and they rank these armies. I mean, right. you're looking at Daughters of Cain, even with whatever nerf they may or may not have gotten in the last FAQ and all this other kinds of stuff with, with getting rid of realm-specific artifacts and all the things that you, you've been hearing about, they're still always in the top three armies you see on the boards. So right. when, when I say that, I think there's going to add a little bit more of a, this is probably not going to make much sense, but a synergistic way of being uh, deadlier, if you will. Because it, just like this unit that we talked about here at the top of the news, you know, at will being able to, to you know, you know, port to a different, you know, just to vanish and reappear again. You can uh, anywhere on the table. I mean, that's, that's Mm -hmm. no joke. I mean, right. And that's why I was saying if the iron scale gives them the command trader, the ability to basically take the, the sisters Mm -hmm. without having to take a specific house, it opens up the other, because right now, what is it? They all play under, I can't remember the name, but they all play under one particular house so that they get access to the sisters as their primary battle line. Whereas they may not have to do that going forward because of this character. Sure. Well, so uh, yeah. yeah, I think the dynamics of the army is going to change, right? Because that was the same thing that like the, the, um, the, the, the Enrigger did in the dirigible suit. It basically gave the access to putting the balloon boys as battle line, you know, so sure. you could totally change the way the list played and how everything worked. Okay. So I think that's one of the synergies that's going to end up happening is you're going to see that, okay, if she's the general, then the army can take sisters and snakes no matter what. Right. It doesn't matter what house they come from, what book they come out, which is going to probably open up all new options in terms of what they can do. Right. Okay. Um, you know, but then the, you got the Marathi book, like you're saying, which is going to, is supposed to shake up the entire world according to what GW said about it from it. And this is just book one of however many books they decide to do. And this one's dedicated specifically to Marathi. Right. So yeah, like you're saying, we, we've all kind of had that agreement on this show where we think Marathi's going to take her path and then the Canaanites are going to take their path and we're going to see two diverging armies coming out of the same book. I think so too. Yeah. So folks, let us know what you think at the, uh, the, the in the comment section or, or here later on in the show, leave us a couple of notes here, but with the release of the new Marathi book and the iron scale model, will daughters of Cain see a new resurgence that will make them deadlier Probably. than ever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's going to happen. I mean, I don't think that they're going to get any worse. I mean, they're, they're, you know, even with no. whatever these nerfs that the gamers were talking about, the daughters of Cain are still a pretty ballistically good the, army. Yeah, I'll they're tell you they're that pretty much. up there. And I mean, GW did put up that new, um, what was it? Their, their meta watch channel oh, yeah. that they're doing. Oh, that's right. I uh, forgot about that. Yeah. 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 Right. right. And I mean, they're not listed as high on the metal watch, but that was listing. The metal watch is kind of taking a, a gamer from the community, which they constitute as a pro and saying, right. okay, where would you rank these armies according to the tournament release results and things of that matter. And their last time I checked at the daughters of Cain, we're sitting at 
Probably in the top three. No, they're actually not. Um, Okay. Daughters of Cain, as of the two since the GHB 2020 release, are actually sitting in the bottom three. All right, I'm gonna have to relook at that again. That's that's news to me. Top top five finishes, yes. Um, but in the bottom of the entire meta, the Keratin Overlords are actually the top number one rate seated army right now. Okay. Wait a minute. What the hell is that? What's going on? And now, it's time for that part of the show where we present the rules from hell. <laughs> Yes, that's right, Grimdark Goons. It's time for the Rules from Hell, where we present the game rules from the past or present of the Warhammer worlds that just sucked. Here it is, gang, a Warhammer Rules from Hell. Let's face it, sometimes we, the players, are the hell to the rules. So listen up here, you short-pants little demons. We're We're pointing our fingers right back at you for getting the rules wrong and making these rules hell on the tabletop. Units can run and retreat in the same turn, or shoot and charge in the same turn, but not mix and match. By default, if a unit runs or retreats, it can't later shoot or charge, but running and retreating aren't mutually exclusive, and shooting and charging aren't mutually exclusive. Remember that. You'll thank me later for it. And that could definitely be a rule from hell. And now you know a rule from hell. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the show. All right, well, so, uh, we'll have to we'll have to see if, if this if this doesn't even for the old uh, daughters of Cain. Right. But, uh, but good deal, man. All right, we're moving on. We got our, we're, we're winding the show down, and now we've got the uh, the closing thoughts. So I'm going to turn it over to the sidekick here, man. Justin, go. All right. Well, I wasn't really prepared for a closing thought, but that's okay. I can come up with some. Something on the fly. So to all of our patrons out there, all of our our viewership and everything of that, I just want to thank you guys again. You guys, you guys are the world to us. You guys make the show worth doing every week, and it's a real enjoyment to bring some entertainment into the to our lives and everybody's lives over the course of the the year. Um, we're all building our armies. Everybody currently is probably building giants because you know sons of Beamot. That's a big button right now, and everybody's enjoying them. So I hope you guys have been having fun building your armies. I hope you're having fun with your hobby, painting and designing out what you're doing. Play the game fair. Be good to each other, and you know get out there and game. That's that's the big thing. You want to see your armies get up in the ratings and in the metas and things like that. Go play some tournaments and put that army to to the to the to the sword, so to speak. You know, this this hobby is all about having fun, and our little show is about having fun. So thank you again for watching us and tuning in. And if you guys have anything you'd like to hear us talk about or whatever, leave in the comments below, you know. We're always open to having people on the show that know and love about their hobby, and, you know, that's just what it is. So till another time, peace. See you guys later. Good deal, man. Good deal. Yeah, you know what? And that's it, guys. That's another great show, and and uh, and that's a wrap, as we uh, as we say here on the show. And please don't forget to hit the like or subscribe button and follow our podcast. And if you haven't already done so, and if you don't, see, we we talk about this at the end of every show, Justin, don't we? Tell them we talk about. <laughs> yeah, this every we show. do. And if you don't, if you don't, and, hit- and I've already, and I've already had to go to someone's house and do it, so. See, folks, did, you know, here's the thing. I wasn't going to bring this up again because it scared a lot of people. But you know, speaking of Gargans and Justin here, he's going to come over to your house. He's going to use your toilet, and Justin, you're going to give him the what? 
Uh, it's not that one. It's the Crapper Smasher. <laughs> Crapper Smasher, yeah. All joking aside, thank you guys so much yeah. for being with us tonight. Please click uh, like and subscribe and follow our podcast if you haven't already done so. And, um, and folks, um, thank you so much. Uh, for being with us this evening and grimdark live is going to be back next weekend at, or next thursday not weekend uh at 7 30 so uh until then remember roll them dice fun and fair and don't be a freaking short pants bye grimdark live would like to thank you for slumming it through another show with us for all things dice dragons demons and a dwarf in the age of sigmar worlds We'll be back live next Thursday, so until then, remember, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a frickin' short pants. If you missed the live show, you can catch us again right here on the next Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live throughout the week with Monster Mondays, Table War Tuesdays, Warhammer Wednesdays, Grimdark Grudge Matches, and a ton more. So stay tuned and stay grim, all you dice-chucking-glue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. Remember, embrace the main message here from Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other and this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com. Don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. So long, Grimdark Goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. Short pants.